Hello, hello. <laughs> the he fucking threw me there. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joe War Podcast, JV Podcast Network, The Bachelor Roundup, Week 7. Joe Vore, Daniel McGuire, you know him. Season 12, The Bachelorette, Seasons 3 and 4, Bachelor in Paradise, and he's really testing my presentation skills right now. Reminder, before Daniel keeps messing with me and we eventually recap this episode, YouTube, Joe Vore, be sure to subscribe, hit that bell notification so you never miss an episode or recaps drop every Tuesday. You don't want to look at us? Fine. We got audio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, the Joe Vore Podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, review five stars as always. So Daniel, other than, I mean, you seem like you're in a great mood, man. You're, you're messing with me here. You're just having the worst time, best time. I don't know. I don't care. We're here, whatever. How you doing? How'd you feel about uh, last night's episode before we dive in here? Yeah, it was uh, a little boring, I guess. You know, as uh, you get less uh, castmates that are on the show. Um, can you hear that? Hear what? Okay, never mind. Okay, sorry. As we as there's less castmates on the show, it becomes more it becomes more serious. So, you know, it gets a little more boring, I guess. No, it's true. I, I noticed that the the show kind of hit its hits its peak, and then the drama type people event, you know, it all kinds of weed, weeds itself out. Very rarely do we have someone fly so much under the radar and have someone feel so strongly for them that they just keep sticking around. So you're right. After it hits that peak, it really kind of trends downward from an entertainment drama perspective and it kind of mellows out. The show becomes more of what it's intended for, you know, someone to find love at the end of the day. But for, for us, it really does mellow out. But we do start with some drama. We pick up where we were last week. Heather is in, she's there, she's sitting down with Matt. Remember, Piper is talking one-on-one -on -one with Matt during a cocktail party. Piper, who just had a one-on-one, -on -one, fresh off a one-on-one -on -one with Matt, things are vibing with them, it's going really, really well, and Heather walks in, and Matt just excuses her, just kind of like kicks her to the side. Heather comes in, they're sitting down one-on-one. -on -one. We learn, maybe I just wasn't listening, but again, we learn, so they're a mutual friend. Heather is super good friends with Hannah Brown, who was The Bachelorette a few years ago, a few seasons ago, whenever it was, here super recently, um, and she is very good friends with Matt, um, our Bachelor. So they have that mutual friend, Hannah Brown's the one that got Heather talking, talking up Matt, and that's why Heather decided to make her way out to Pennsylvania to meet Matt. So now we're all caught up there. So they're talking one-on-one. -on -one. Um, some girls are spying. It's kind of like the office. They're looking down from the conference room or Michael's office at what's going on down below. Some girls are having a nervous breakdown and they're bawling their eyes out, um, of this girl that just walked in. Everyone is like, what the F is going on? I'm pretty sure someone said that. Um, Matt appreciates the boldness, but he does need to think this over. He says before anything can go any further. So he walks away. He goes to take some time to himself. And out walks Heather into this like one on ten gangbang interrogation where she pretty that's what I that's how I described it. That's the first thing that popped into my head, which isn't good when I was looking at this. But gangbang when I think of gangbang, I think you think of like some sex, right? Yeah, but she was just she was literally just gangbanged by all these girls interrogation style. They were just all after her. 
like, it's like you've been you watching like porn or something? No, that's just what popped into my head, man. Anytime you're saying no, that was uh, these guys, these girls, man, such bitches. That's all I can say. Evil and uh, unhappy, jealous, insecure. But don't do you think it's justified for them to be pissed? Like, their attitude. It was just. I wouldn't want to date any of those girls. I mean, seeing the way they behave like that, I understand that you're not gonna be happy, but you know, to make those remarks and just to complete strangers that you don't know. Yeah, it was very funny. I love the talking heads because you have one of the Serena's, um, I think the one that ended up going home, we'll get to that. She essentially compares Heather to the coronavirus. She's like this she's like a virus that just comes into our bubble here. And you have Abigail, who I really like, who is always calm and she's still calm, but you can tell she's really upset by this. And then you have Rachel, who's been my number one here for the past month, the last three or four weeks. And now she's second guessing everything. It's absolute mayhem in the house right now with Heather. So Matt takes his time. He comes back. He's sitting one on one with Heather. And just as quickly as she arrived, she's gone. Uh, Matt likes her you know it's just not the right timing it's not fair to the other girls they're so far into it so i want to get your thoughts on this daniel start with um you know what are your overall thoughts just on heather coming in the way that matt handled it and this whole kind of i mean really just sort of a publicity stunt i think the intentions were okay well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, obviously in, in, in my personal opinion of course that's just to get extra airtime, extra followers um and me a small small percentage chance that she, they actually might have a connection or she thinks that she might have a connection, but um, I think Matt did the right thing. Um, otherwise, you know, he would have had a big mess on his hands, but it's funny. They both said they didn't, they've never met, which it just seems, I feel, I feel like it's kind of, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Well, unless I don't know where Heather lives. See, that's the thing. They can share a mutual, really good friend or a mutual best friend, but if they don't live in the but same place, body language and, and, and the way he was talking, it, it, it looked like he's seen her before. Right. But he, he does maybe have that. Never, maybe they never had a one-on-one -on -one date, but maybe they, you know, they, they met at a party once. Or something like that. I mean, it's so easy to lie on TV. So right. I mean, you've been like, Oh yeah, we never met before. Well, th there was art. right. Yeah. So there's a chance that they've met before, but there's definitely that level of comfortability. Obviously the way that Matt talked about Hannah, they're obviously very uh, close and he trusts her word. So if Hannah puts in the good word, I can send, you know, I can see why Matt would be more comfortable with her, but it does seem, it would be hard for me to believe if they haven't at least met before, at least in passing in some sort of capacity. Well, yeah, because when he looked at her, it's like, if you didn't know who she was or like never, I mean, it, it was like right away. It was like, oh, wow, there she is. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they even just talked through um, social media or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Well, like I tweeted last night, Heather breaking into the bachelor is a lot like those people who broke into the Capitol. Pretty easy. Mm -hmm. um, so we move in. Uh, Matt comes in. He addresses the girls. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this because I think Matt honestly handled this perfectly. Heather's gone. He addresses the girls. He apologizes to them. Um, and he meets it head on. He doesn't beat around the bush. And he grab he remembers that he was in the middle of some one-on-one -on -one time with Piper. He grabs her so they can continue and finish their conversation. I mean, Matt, week to week, I, he continues to impress me. I think he's been one of the most impressive bachelors that we've had um, in recent memory, just the way that he handles yeah, things. I've never seen other shows, but yeah, it seems all right. But uh, it, it's some 
it's kind of a little bit of a foreshadowing the fact that he kind of threw um, Piper to the side. And then, you know, as we see, she ends up going home. Right. Right? Yes. She yeah. Home, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. She ends up going home at the rose ceremony, which we'll get to at the end. So, exactly. so then obviously you didn't like, you know, if I if I really like was liked a girl, um, I wouldn't push her off the side as fast as uh, you know he did with Piper. Right, right. Maybe if it was Rachel or someone else, there would have been a little like, hey, let me finish this up. Um, so yeah. it's rose ceremony time now. Abigail gets the final rose. Really glad to see her stick around. Uh, most notably. Serena C, she is finally gone. She's one of the last few kind of drama queens that are kind of, kind of gone now. She, she seems miserable. Yeah. She just seems, I, I, I was not a big fan. I know it's reality TV and you can only get a, you know, so much of a taste, but, you know, I just, there's there nothing funny like about her. It was, I don't know, she just seemed miserable and just seemed not happy and, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I'll always, when I when I think back on her, I doubt I will, but it's always going to be something negative, something drama, her complaining. There's no really positive thoughts that pop into my head with her experience, at least um, on the show. So now we have eight girls left. Next day, Chris Harrison comes in, date card number one. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. It goes to Serena P. So Serena C is gone. Serena P the next day gets this one-on-one -on -one date. Um, so they go on this yoga date. And depending on the person, if so, if it was, we, we learned that if, if, if this date would have been really great and probably like hyper sexual, if, if someone was kind of the opposite of Serena P, she goes on to talk about how she was really uncomfortable the whole time she was thinking, let's get this over with. She's not overly affectionate, especially in person, she says. So not a fan of PDA. And also she's someone that moves at, a slower pace and she really kind of throws that out there uh to matt but times where we've seen you know like we're gonna get basically naked and paint all over each other usually those dates are like a home run because at this point there's like a real physical uh connection so for serena peace sake were you worried for her the fact that sparks weren't flying and this wasn't um, exactly her thing yeah, i mean i don't i mean i think it would have been better maybe if she actually did enjoy it but I think she was honest. Everyone loves honesty. Um, I mean, as for, you know, being intimate on camera, you know, it's hard to do that for most people, you know, to, you know, to have affection with someone on camera, let alone in public or the other way around. But, and then at the same time, she's not like she's 30 years old and she's super comfortable, you know, when you're at the age, I think she's maybe what, 23, you know, you're not that comfortable still doing those sort of things. So, yeah. No, I don't really yeah, and Matt was but, definitely uh, more Matt was definitely more into it. He even leaned in for a kiss at one point and she kind of he's older, he's definitely more confident and comfortable right. with who he is. I mean, me being 36 now, I'm a lot more com confident and comfortable doing those sort of things than like say if I was 18 or 19 or 20, you know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like I said, he even reached in for a kiss and she kind of went in and, and pulled away kind of awkwardly just the way that i was seeing this and the way that you're the bachelor, yeah when you're the bachelor you have to you know you, you got to be comfortable if not it's gonna make for a boring show and, and an awkward show right i was just worried because i really like serena and i was worried for her because usually the way that this show goes and if history repeats itself if the date you know if the first part of the date the day date whatever they go and do if it really doesn't go that well especially this late where you you're usually done. You're usually not going home with the rose 
that night. But Matt ends up, even though, even during the dinner date, I wasn't feeling sparks. I really wasn't totally feeling it between them. But Matt obviously likes her. He even expresses that he wants to make this work with her. He hopes that it works out. He hopes that this continues. Um, so even though the dinner date, you know, it was, it was better, but he did appreciate the honesty. And at the end of the day, she gets a rose and she's the first one to stamp, uh, her name for the, uh, for the hometowns. But I was a little worried for her there. And another thing is it'd be one thing if I was like, okay, I'm going to create up a date and we're going to go to the gym together or going for a hike. And those are things that I really love to do. And she's like, no, I hate that shit. I'm like, well, not going to work out between us. But right. if, if the producers came up this yoga date, and it's like, I didn't come up with it. And I don't, I mean, personally, I don't like yoga that much either. Right. So if you don't like it, then okay, whatever. But, you know, I guess it's, you know, it's not that major. Right, right. So they're on different wavelengths. But like we said, she does go home with the rose. Now back at the house, group date card. Piper, let me read off these names. Piper, Michelle, Rachel, Bree, Kit, and Abigail. That's your group date. Josenia's not on there. She gets the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so now we're to the group date. So Bree, I, I want to talk to you about Bree. Bree's sitting down with Matt. He comes to her and talks about how she resigned from her position at work um, and how it was a big deal for her to be there and she wants to kind of be upfront. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask you. Don't people, you know, even if they're younger, they leave not just jobs, but or really put their careers on pause. Like this isn't like some big thing. Like everyone does this, right? For the most part, people leave really, really good jobs. Yeah, no, I either, either A, quit or B, you take off time. Um, but often if you take off time, you know, then after you're, you come back on, or come back, uh, you might not you might not have that job still there because uh, depending on depending on your uh, perception on how it came across on TV, usually more so for guys because guys they kind of can can sometimes edit them pretty negatively. I find more than girls, and so you might not have a job afterwards. You get back, or it might be get it might be hard to get hired. Um, but uh, everyone has to quit or leave their job. It's not a big deal. I mean, or it is, but it's just normal. Don't don't try to get sympathy for yourself, you know? Yeah, I thought that was bullshit. I thought that was unfair to say that to Matt because I'm like, well, I would have just been like, yeah, so did like plenty of people, not just here, but for the entire history of this show have left really, really good jobs and have worked really hard to be where they're at, at 26, 27, some people even younger to be kind of ahead of a normal yeah, trajectory. No one's forcing you no. to be on this show. Yeah, so I didn't totally love that from 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 Brie at all. Um, Abigail and Matt, again, Abigail, um, not. It's like she's playing a guilt card, you know. It's like she's playing a guilt card, you know. Right. Yeah. No, not. I don't like it, especially when everyone else is in the same boat. So Abigail and Matt, they're sitting down one on one. Abigail has gone to Matt before when when things are when things are tough and and she's just kind of struggling with things. Um, so again, she's having a tough time. She opens up to him. And, you know, her resume is great. She got the first rose of this entire show. She's gotten a group date rose. Her resume is awesome. She's really stuck out to Matt, but she's really just not jumping off the page. And when she wants, you know, Matt to be upfront with her and she's very forward and I want to know how you feel and what you see going forward in regards to our future together. 
do you see anything going forward? She lays it out there. And, you know, I was not surprised by this, but I was saddened by this because I really liked Abigail. But Maybe we'll in her DMs. I don't know. We'll see. No, who knows? Maybe we'll get her a guest on the podcast. Who knows? But um, she, you know, Matt talks about how, um, you know, they've, they've done pretty much everything except have a one-on-one together. And she got off to a hot start. But since Matt talks about him developing feelings and these one-on-ones and other experiences and dates with these other girls and that's kind of no one-on-one at all so so it's weird because that group date rose first impression rose but no one-on-one there was something missing sorry it's one of these things where you know you're always on hometown dates you haven't had a one-on-one it's like what do you expect you've probably had a total of an hour with him with the guy you know like alone time five minutes here ten minutes there five minutes here fifteen minutes there let's say two hours max, let's say hypothetically, because I know I've been in that situation. I know how it works. Um, so what do you, I mean, what do you expect? You know, like to build a relationship so well on a couple hours. Well, um, I think she actually so, handled it. I think she handled it well. I don't think she, ex, you know, her expectations were out of line because she went to Matt to talk to him about this. Cause she felt sort of like, what did I do wrong? Like what's missing here? Because she's like, First impression rose, group date rose, our interactions have always been good, but why is it that when the group, when the one-on-one date card always shows up, my name's never on it? And I think that's why she was having this tough time and why she went to talk to him. And I can't imagine, she didn't, she didn't want to believe it, but I had to imagine she felt that it was in the cards that she, this is a tough conversation to have and I might not make it to the rose ceremony. I might just get sent home right here. It's life, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a, one thing you people realize is it's a personality thing. It doesn't mean you have a bad personality. It just doesn't no. mean, it means that you don't have connection. Right. You know, he could, Matt could be the worst person in the world. I'm not saying he is, but. Right. So you don't match with them. It does that might be a good thing, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be with that type of person. Right. Um, so it's like, it's not like you're competing for you know, a, a, a math contest or a fitness competition where you can practice and, you know, bring your A game and then you're not chosen, but you you do know that you're a better candidate because you, you have better fitness or whatever. You have better mathematics, but this is a personality. It's totally subjective. Absolutely. So now Matt grabs Rachel and it scared me at first because I was like, why is he grabbing Rachel? Is she about to go home now too? Uh, but they, they, they appear to be rock solid. Uh, now Kit, my girl, I love Kit. Which one's the so-called racist? Oh yeah, we can get to that. That's that's Rachel. She's the one that's been in the news. Okay, it was, uh, I wonder if they'll make a big deal out of that. You know, that she's still there in the top. I guess in the final four now, right? Right, right. Yeah. So we'll see if there's anything at after the final rose or any of the live shows because obviously this is all pre-recorded. Um, Chris, Chris will be there. Chris will not be there. Yeah. <laughs> culture got him yeah they did um so kit my girl she's there she comes so kit is someone that came off to me as very calculated she is the one that's 21 she's like i want to have a kid by 25 26 i have this expected uh, trajectory for my career this and that and matt is like i'm more of like a go with the flow guy like just kind of see what happens in the moment more spontaneous um but they still seem pretty solid. She's bossy as well. What? 
She seems like she could be a little bossy. I like it. Like bossy girls? I, I like Kit. Kit does it for me. I don't know. Yeah, she's, she, I don't know. She doesn't do it for me. She's a little, she's a little young. <laughs> yeah, she's I, super not young. But she, I don't know. I think the fact that she's she's young, she's being trying to make, being confident, but it's, it's because of insecurity because you're young and inexperienced and don't have as much to yeah. offer, Yo, maybe. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second when, when she goes and talks to Matt. Um, so at this point, I wasn't totally feeling it with them, but... I thought it was still going to be solid enough to get her to the hometowns. At this point, that's what I felt. That's obviously not what happened. Um, group date Rose goes to Rachel. Again, as I've said, she's been my number one, my favorite um, from her and Matt uh, the last three or four weeks. So she gets a group date Rose and she gets a little surprise one-on-one -on -one time, another uh, private concert, Aloe Black. Really, really good. Um, while all the other girls sulk. So she gets that little private concert one-on-one -on -one time that we love, super, super realistic. Um, now Kit, let's get to this. So she goes and talks to Matt. It appears that she was riding high, feeling good about her and Matt, but then Rachel gets the group date rose, and now all of a sudden she's not feeling it. She realizes that she's not where... All of a sudden, you know, she feels now like I'm not where I need to be with this. I'm not totally feeling it. I'm not the person for you. She sends herself home. So she's 21. She's super young. I mean, do you think, I mean, I'm not, blame isn't the right word, but do you think the reasoning for this, kind of what's behind it is she's younger. She's still figuring a ton of stuff out. And this is a huge, huge decision to make in eight weeks when you're 21 it's way different if you're closer to 30 or just in a different I, I, place I, I, in life. I doubt, that. I doubt it's actually eight weeks. I doubt it. Highly doubt it. Yeah. But, um, a month. She, well, a week, she, month and a half. She didn't get the rose. It made her super insecure. Right. And sent home. So she sent herself home. Um, she's. It was obviously her being insecure that she didn't feel comfortable in her relationship. I would have sucked it up and been like, look, it, I'll take my chance. Let's see what happens. Um, worse comes to worse, I stay around a little bit longer, but, um, and then go home. But I mean, I mean, yeah, she's so young. I mean, God, she's like, she's like telling them, I'm going to do this. I'm, this, this, I'm older like, than her. I think it's the first time I've ever been older than someone on the show. At 21, how old's Matt? Matt is, I'm not sure exactly. I'm going to, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. Matt's um, got to be close, late twenties. Go ahead. Yeah, you look it up, I'll just say that, um, yeah, so I found like when she was like, I'm gonna, I wanna, you know, finish my school and do travel and all this stuff. Like, when I've talked to girls that have said the same thing to me, and I'm like, okay, great, but you have to be careful. You have to be careful how they say it because sometimes it comes across as like, well, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'm not gonna have any time for you, and I want to do my own thing first. It's like, well, all right, you can do your own thing, and then come, you know, five years from now, you can come check up. But most likely, I'm not gonna want you anymore because either a, I'm gonna find someone better, or b, because you're gonna look, you're gonna be washed up and looking like a street dog, you know. So, right. Um, <laughs> Jesus <serious>. Christ! <laughs> I know sometimes what you're saying. Like, listen, sometimes these guys, girls, gotta take a while to it because listen, it, most people go downhill. And I mean, I just find that like this sometimes the attitude is like, oh, I want to travel. It's like, well, look, we can travel together. You know, it's like, okay, well, you can go to school, great, but it doesn't mean that you can't be together. Um, and right. I, I think she kind of just shot herself in the foot. But again, she probably just realized that you know, she's just maybe she realized she's not ready either. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, so she's 21. Matt just turned 29 at the beginning of December, December 5th. That's not too bad. That's right. That's not too bad. No, not at all. But still, like you said, you know, it is a big difference. You know, the, the amount of years in between them isn't a big deal. But where most people are at in general at 21 years old versus where people are at when they're almost 30, when they've just turned 29 – I mean, that, that's a big difference. I mean, if Kit was in school, I don't know if she's in school. It doesn't say it. She's a fashion entrepreneur, but she would still, she would be like a junior. Yeah. So she would be, you know, like a junior or senior, you know, still have one to two years left or parts of one to two years left of undergrad in, in, in school, in college. And if she wants to travel and stuff, you know, that's great. But, you know, you say travel together, but still at the end of the day, she probably realizes this isn't get a boyfriend at the end of this. This is like a, a proposal is expected. A proposal is what it's happens. Funny. Yeah. It's just funny. Cause I've heard that. I've heard girls tell me, tell me that a lot. Um, they're like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in your situation. Like I'm not saying necessarily, I, I'll be like, I'm not necessarily saying I want to get married, but I, I'll talk to guys about this and like the exact same situation where Matt and his girls. And she's like, yeah, I want to go travel. And all the guys, we always roll our eyes. Cause like, I've traveled lots and I know guys, my friends have traveled lots. When girls say they want to travel, usually it's it's obviously great, they can learn, but right. I hate to say this, but if they go travel for a couple of years, they start to get 20, 30 notches on their belt, just like that, and they're not gonna be wanted anymore. And so that's the last thing you want a, your a potential girl going to do, you know? I'm serious. I know I, I know you're serious. That's why I'm fucking laughing so hard. It's honest because I've traveled more than anyone in a book, and I met so many people traveling. And a big culture of traveling, like Southeast Asia, is being free, yeah, and going and hooking up with people. And so, well, let's let's look at the movie. I hate to do this, but let's look at the movie Taken. The one Liam Neeson's daughter, her friend, she meets the cute guy at the airport. Oh, they're gonna come by later, and she goes, "I'm gonna sleep with them, foreign guy. I'm gonna fuck them." Yeah, no, listen, and I know this from first-hand experience. I've had girls, they threw themselves on me the first day of being in Thailand, and they're like, I have a boyfriend back, boyfriend back home. I've, had, I've come across it so many times, yeah. so many times where you know, it's like a whole different world where their, their brain just shuts off and they don't think about anything that's going on back home. It's like, that's why when girls are like, yeah, I want to go travel and stuff, I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, to, to, yeah, be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, there are definitely plenty of guys, probably just as many guys, that do the same thing. This no, is right for sure. I just I know you mean um, that. I just want to clear it up for everyone listening. So the the uh, the five pe- you know the, probably the five people listening to this are just waiting to cancel us for for nothing. There's like ten people that listen to this, and they're just half of them are just like, all right, I'm gonna hit the let's call it the cancel police. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right that that happens. Um, so I just tell, I just, I just tell you the truth. The people that might not understand this are the ones that never left their city or, or country. Right. Or maybe they did a two-week trip in Cancun, uh, and they call that traveling. But no, I'm talking when girls overseas go overseas. Yeah. Asia, South America. Yeah, it is crazy. That's like yeah. I mean, when you everyone's drinking, everyone's having a good time. I mean, anyone that I know that has traveled abroad for school or done, you know, like a three-month Europe trip, and you know, they go overseas, they immerse themselves in the culture. And there's plenty of people that are like. Hey, I want to taste this culture in more ways than one. I want to eat their food. I want to, you know, do this and that. I want to have, I want to sleep with their people, see what it's like to go on dates. You know what I'm saying, man? 
And now they're all and now they're all fucking assholes that sign their emails. Cheers, and I want to kill them. I hate myself. Guys, so a thing we talk about often. When guys, I'll be talking with a guy, and he'll be like, "Yeah, she she wants to go travel with her friends." And like, guys often will be like, "I'll never let my girlfriend go travel alone." Then they'll tell me that, and just because I know what it's like. Oh my god, you know too much. Oh my god. All right, let's get to Josenia. That was a, an eventful transition now into uh, Josenia's one on one. I'm glad we went into that though, because that's some good insight. Um, they go drag or not drag racing. They're drifting with this professional drifter guy in a Hellcat. I think it's one of the coolest dates that they've done. That would be pretty fun to do. Uh, dinner date, this beautiful set that of course Matt put together by hand. Yeah. Before we get into being the fact that this is her first one-on-one date. Yes. Right. I believe so. Yeah. It's just crazy again how the show works where, you know, they've been there for how many weeks. This is a first one-on-one date. Yeah. And again, it just shows, I hate to say it, but how unrealistic this whole scenario is. Right. And the fact that, like, she, you know, how, how do you expect to be around or develop a relationship or get to know with someone after, you know, I'm having a one-on-one date. Again, when you get to hang out on the group dates or whatever it is, it's five minutes here, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, five minutes there. And it's just... I know, and and it's. I can just imagine. You know, you're. You have so much downtime sitting around, and you're just replaying these little snippets in your head over and over again, and you're holding on to that as long as you can, hoping that eventually you get that one-on-one time, or you know, seven minutes on a group date where you get to sit down one-on-one. If you're lucky, that's probably unheard of. So yeah, I mean, you're just hanging on to these little. Basically, you know, if this whole thing is a movie you have all these little different trailers and little scenes that you're just hanging on to for dear life. Like, oh yeah, we hugged and kind of kissed at the end and that's getting me through four weeks until I have any extended period to talk to him again. Yeah, it's, you definitely need a one-on-one. I mean, obviously there are like, you know, love at first sight or you can like really know, you know, that you like someone, you know, after five or 10 minutes. But if you really want to develop a stronger connection, you need that one-on-one time. For sure. Absolutely. And you can't be surprised if you go home if you never got that one one time. True. hundred percent. Just, I mean, that's, that's case in point with Abigail. She was great. Matt liked her, but obviously it wasn't going to go anywhere. It's been all that time. And it, it's just a big red flag. When you, when you get the first impression, like, again, I know I'm a broken record. First impression, Rose. Matt likes you. He's expressed that. You get a group date, Rose. All of those things. You've had one-on-one time to talk. You've been vulnerable. You open up, but you never get that one-on-one. You just, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um, it's not going to go forward. So like I said, dinner date, beautiful set. Matt obviously put this together himself. Was no doing of ABC whatsoever. She expresses that she's falling for Matt. This is like the fourth or fifth girl that we've seen him do this or someone do this. Say this to him now. All of them, I'm pretty sure, are gone except for Rachel. And she's the only one that he said it back to. That's why she's my number one. Matt really likes her, but... The big butt here, Daniel, it's lacking that little extra. There's just nothing, you know, there's not that little extra to get it over the hump for Matt to feel that way, to see that future. So Josenia, and I love how they do this. They're obviously instructed, right? Because when Matt has sent girls home on -on one-on-ones before, he still picks up the rose. They're instructed to do that, right? For dramatic effect. Of course. There's a lot of instructions going on, trust me. Oh, I believe it. So he picks up the roses. He always does. He sends her home. 
no hometown for her. So now all of a sudden, because of girls, you know, Kit sent herself home. Abigail ends up getting sent sent home prematurely before the rose ceremony. Now Josenia goes home on the one on one. All of a sudden, it's rose ceremony time. Rachel and Serena have roses. There's five girls, and there's two roses to give. So this has really been cut down here. Rose number one goes to Brie. Not a big surprise there for me. But rose number two goes to Michelle. Were you surprised it didn't go to Piper? I thought it was going to go to Piper. No, I'm not surprised. Really? Run me the wrong way. Really? You, you didn't see enough <laughs> enough with them? She seemed kind of, I don't know, was negative or something. Yes. Yeah, so, so you weren't you weren't feeling it with with Piper and Matt then. I'm not surprised. <clears throat> I guess. Well, I guess. Yeah, I see what you're saying because he does, he does like Michelle. There, there is a connection there. So I guess that does make sense. Michelle, or excuse me, Piper. She's headed back to grad school, and she was pissed. She did not even say goodbye to him. He walked her out silently. They walked out silently. No hug. No good luck. No nothing. It was, you know take a couple of these, call me in the morning, double, you know, didn't flip her off, but, um, she leaves without saying anything. She was pissed. Ah, it's the way it goes. It's, uh, it's the way she goes. That's how the show works. You can't be surprised. You, everyone has to go home except for one. Yeah. And speaking of goodbyes, I want to ask you this. Let's go all the way back to the beginning of the episode real quick, quick. When Heather left, was she the first person in history to leave the show driving her own car? Yeah, I saw that. I was wondering about that. She drove the minivan. I don't think anyone's ever driven themselves out. Yeah, I know. So I guess she's got that going for her. I'm sure she'll. Uh, I'm sure she'll find someone one day. <laughs> Maybe she. I, I bet she's. She's got to be a good paradise candidate whenever that gets back going again. Yeah, yeah, probably will. Yeah, for sure. Girl. For sure. So we now have our hometown for Rachel, Michelle, Bree, Serena. Rachel's still my girl. I think this is a two-girl race. I think this is Rachel and Serena. I think the other two yeah. maybe have an outside shot, shot, but Rachel and Serena are my top two. How do you feel about the uh, the four left? Who do you think is going to take the final rose? Yeah, I'm going to see what happens. Um, I'll, I'll make a decision next week. Okay. Not gonna not gonna give your expert inside advice no, too no. soon. To be honest, like when it's when it's uh, like I said before, when it when it's one on one and they're doing the one on one dates, I just skip through. It's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know your time's valuable. You're like I can't be bored to death. I have to survive oh, here out so here. Hard, dude. It's so hard. It's like watching paint dry. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, I guess you know they they are they do drag on for me, but I imagine it's even worse for you having been there, knowing what kind of all goes into it. I mean, you're just probably, you got the trash can next to you, just puking your guts out, I'm sure. Not that bad, but yeah. Approaching. I got, I got my phone, you know, going through my phone. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, someone said this. So I'm going to send Joey and DM about whatever, about how awful these girls are. As you do. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for watching another edition of The Bachelor Roundup. Joe Vore, Daniel McGuire, episodes out every single Tuesday. YouTube, Joe Vore, Apple and Spotify, Joe Vore Podcast. There's Daniel's eyebrows. He's messing with me again. Be sure, notifications, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff so you never miss an episode. We got hometowns next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Talk to you guys next Tuesday.